The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. Uh, AJ can't make it this week, so I've got a, uh, a sub-co-host, uh, somebody who's been here before, Kevin Huo. What's up, man? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, jumping on. Uh, before we get into it, though, I want to remind everybody, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us, Periscope, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Appreciate the support. Go ahead and click that follow or subscribe button. Uh, definitely helps us out. So, uh, Kevin, week one's in the books. We started week two. The Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals are on the air right now. How do you, uh, how are you feeling after week one, man? I'm pretty 50 50 with some of my teams, man. I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm, uh, I, in my, in my, Normal leagues, I think I went like three and two. A lot of injuries to deal with, surprisingly, before week one even started. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> definitely going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but uh, as you know, I came in seventh this week in Scott Fish, so that kind of just saved my whole weekend. I mean, that just that's that makes you feel good no matter what. You could have gone 0 and 5 in all your other exactly. leagues or whatever yeah. and been seventh place overall in Scott Fish, and you're just like, nothing else matters. Yeah, way better than me, man. My Scott Fishbowl team tanked. Pretty fantastic. Um, got an uphill battle to to make it six years in a row to make it to the conference finals. So hopefully things work out. I don't know. Losing yeah. Sanders and my my safety picks of James White and uh, Chris Thompson did not work. So <laughs> I don't know what to think. So anyway, uh, we've got a guest with us this week. But before we get into that, let's do our uh, let's do our beer of the week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I know you're. Uh, I know you're not exactly drinking a beer, but what what you got tonight? I came with something alcoholic. Still got a high noon pineapple flavored, right. delicious. Very low car- calories, 100 calories, gluten free, no added sugar. Very nice. All good, man. I'm not the. Uh, I, I don't get into those, but I know a lot of people that do. Um, I am drinking an Oliver Brewing Company uh, double dry hop. Uh, double IPA, eight percent. It's called You Know My Seas. It's all Citra, uh, Cryo. I don't know, man. There's cashmere hops. It's all the it's all the sea hops. It's uh it's very tasty, uh, light, pretty light tasting considering it's an eight uh, percent and a double IPA because of the citra and stuff that kind of gives it yeah. like a light refreshing flavor at the same time. So I enjoyed it. I gave it a, I think I gave it a four and a quarter on untapped. So we're on completely different ends of the spectrum here. I've got a Absolutely. pineapple seltzer and you've got a double IPA. Well, I do usually drink with AJ and he's, you know, right there with me. So 
<laughs> I usually got to keep up with yeah, them. I'm so. switching it up a little bit. I'm, uh, you know, that's all right. Hey, that's all good, man. Um, I do not discriminate alcohol here as much as I've made fun of you pre-show. <laughs> all right. Our guest this week to help us out prepare for week two is Dylan Clemens, a writer and podcaster for Fantasy Six Pack. Catch him over here on our YouTube channel and their own anchor channel as well for the Wolfpack Fantasy Football Show. Him and Michael Bonney and Michael LaPlante uh, do a fantastic job over there. So go ahead and catch them too. So Dylan, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Glad to have you. Uh, so got a lot to talk about. So let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, good. All right, so something we're doing new this year, for those of you who didn't catch it last week, is I'm trying to have something called advice column. And the the topic this week is the same as it is every single week, every single year after week one, and it's don't panic. Like, guys, I get it. I had a bad week one in some teams. You know, you got, you got guys that completely underperformed all over the place, but what you got to remember is if this was, you know, if, if they had had like what four or five good weeks in a row, and then they have like one down week, you would just chalk it up to a bad week, right? But week one hurts more. You zero and one. They look really bad. They're buried on the state, you know, on the on the stat lists, uh, and the fantasy point lists, all right? And you're like, oh man, that's the start of the season they're gonna have. It looks really bad. It's a bad feeling, you know. First impressions are are everything, you know, and. First impressions of fantasy football, fantasy baseball, whatever it is, like that that matters too. So I I get the you know the natural reaction to to panic and and worry. I, I'm like I'm not. I do it too, but I've seen some interesting trade questions. I've seen some interesting drop questions. Um, you know, I, I've had people try to ask me if they should like dump Eckler. I've had people ask me if they should you know you know, trade OBJ, like these guys are going to be fine. Like just calm down. Um, I mean, Kevin, what, what are your thoughts on, on, you know, not panicking after week one here? Yeah. I mean, I'm exactly on the same page with you every year, week one, it's, it's just a small sample size. You can't, it's not, well, it does tell us a little bit more than usual since we didn't have a preseason. Uh, you can't really base too much off of what you see in week one. Like every year it happens last year, we all remember Sammy Watkins blew up. People had him as wide receiver five, literally wide receiver five going into week yep. two. That obviously didn't happen. So you can't overreact that way. I mean, just a bunch of weird stuff happens. You know, it's all, it's small sample size. Football is small sample size. So I think last year, I think um, George Kittle had like 54 reception yards in week one and he ended up being the tight end too. So you can't really count on stuff like this too much. Just, you know, go with your gut or, you know, whoever you still had, belief in when you draft them there's not too much reason to, unless it's something insane like uh adrian peterson coming in and taking the majority of the touches yeah, yeah. and then that's something we didn't that's something we didn't prepare for i mean that happened three days before the season started so yeah i mean yeah. that that's a different ball game so uh dylan you got anything to add to this or no no i mean i agree pretty much with everything you guys said i mean I had a couple wild questions too. Like I got asked if somebody should sit Nick Chubb this week for James Robinson. Like, <laughs> no, no don't, don't, don't do that. And, and, and Chubb's basically uh, just rolling here so far early. So that's, that's a, uh, that's a good, good no call on your part there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, that that's the advice this week. Not, I mean, pretty plain and simple here. Just, just stick with it, guys. You know exactly, Kevin. You said exactly. You drafted these guys early for a reason. I get it if it's like, you you know, you're kind of stab in the dark. You know, your your dart throw late in a draft. Like, okay, fine, go pick up the guy that performed and dump that guy late. Like, who cares, right? What are you losing at that point? Nothing. Yeah. So, like I saw, I saw you drop Steve Sims. Your boy, I, I did, but Come on. hey, man, I needed, I, I needed, uh, I, I'm, I have a lot of injuries piling up in that league, and so with Michael Thomas out, I figured I'd take a shot at Freycon for a few weeks and see what happens. Oh. I mean, it is the Washington offense. I don't really know how much I can trust it. <laughs> so I'd rather have Drew Brees throwing to my receiver instead of Dwayne Haskins. Oh, Let's really? Oh, that's a hot take, Joe. I don't know. Oh, no, really? That. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going out of a limb. All right. So next topic here. I asked a question late Sunday and on Twitter, and it was, you know, how are we feeling after week one, guys? Who who are you excited about and who are you worried about? Got a, got a bunch of responses, and I wrote down some names, and I, and I kind of want to run through these guys with you and just kind of get, you know, your pulse for these guys, you know. Arrow pointing down, arrow pointing up. Are we? How worried are we? If we are even worried, how excited are we? Or is this kind of like you know game flow dependent type of thing? Um, start right off the gate here. Ravens and J.K. Dobbins got the two touchdowns. Saw a lot more work than I honestly thought he was going to get. Um, and Mark Ingram right there on the other side, they're worried. You know, I'll just kind of pair those two together because they are on both lists. Um, Dylan, what what's your thoughts on on Dobbins and then Mark Ingram here? Like, is this gonna be more Dobbins as we go now, or is this just kind of like uh, hard to tell? Who knows? <laughs> Man, I don't know because the touches were close. Ingram got you know ten touches. Dobbins got seven. Dobbins got the red zone work this week, but and obviously fell into the end zone twice. Is it? weird to say that I don't really want either guys in my lineup right now. And they're probably one of the best running rushing attacks in the NFL. I don't think so. Uh, I do have Ingram and Scott fish. And that was another one of those. He was my RB three. Um, of course that'd be RB two less. Uh, yeah. Well, right. I mean, he was my RB three. I got him yeah. about like eight or something like that. I was like, Oh, all right, I'll, I'll take him. He's on the best rushing offense in the NFL. He, what could go wrong? Well, a lot apparently, <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it, it wasn't great. I don't feel good about it, but I mean, I think the arrows are going the opposite direction of what we all thought. I mean, Kevin, I went into this thinking Mark Ingram was pretty much going to be status quo from last year, maybe a tick below and Dobbins was going to have to be working his way in and it, he just seemed right at home. Yeah, Dobbins looked really comfortable in the pro game. And it was surprising to see him get the red zone work because that's kind of what Mark Ingram's known for, is mm-hmm. kind of scoring touchdowns. Um, but it's kind of hard to tell in this game. Dobbins did the majority of the, his work when the Ravens were already up a little bit. Uh, Ingram kind of just had a bad day. Uh, 10 carries for 29 yards. Um, I, I'm a Ravens fan, so I kind of went back and watched it. He just missed a bunch of holes. Uh, I don't know if that's going to continue going forward. I would imagine if the game is closer, they'll still trust the veteran Ingram in you know passing situations and red zone situations. So while the arrows, like you said, are going in opposite directions, I wouldn't overreact too much. It, it looks kind of crazy just because Dobbin had the two touchdowns, 
But yeah. honestly, if Ingram had got those snaps, he probably would have got those touchdowns too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was a little game flow dependent. I I do I can agree with you there. So next guy here on the list is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, now of course this is a little injury related, but we got to bring it up because, uh, you know, interesting enough, we're we're gonna have to bring Hines into this conversation. Who strangely enough did not get mentioned in my Twitter responses, um, but. You know, Jonathan Taylor's arrows obviously skyrocketing Marlon Mack out for the year with the Achilles. Uh, but, you know, Taylor got a good chunk of work regardless. Um, Hines obviously was was involved early and often got those two really early touchdowns. Uh, but Taylor, I would think at this point now is going to get the bulk of the carries that Mack was going to get. So, I mean, how excited are we for Jonathan Taylor and Kevin? I'll let you start. Yeah, super stoked. Um, obviously you don't, obviously you don't want to see anyone go down with an injury. Like Marlon Mack is a talented back and he's young, but, um, you know, guys who drafted Jonathan Taylor, this is, this is almost the perfect recipe where, you know, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy now. And, uh, like I said, I I told Richard and Jonathan on our podcast, this is, you can kind of think about this, uh, Colts offense, like the. Chargers last year because Rivers is pretty much going to do whatever he does right. when he comes into the offense and Hines is going to play that Eckler role which frees up Taylor to play that Gordon role except that I think Taylor is probably more talented than Gordon so yeah. and behind a better offensive line absolutely so Taylor going forward to me is a a top end RB2 maybe even RB1 going forward yeah I think he struggled to find some holes I mean it's just weird like some of these guys just you could tell there was a little rust on some guys uh, coming in, and so hopefully he can he can do better than nine for twenty two. Um, but he the weird thing is, and Dylan, I'll let you speak to this. He got six passes. He got all six of his targets. I was really shocked to see him get that involved in the passing game. And if that's gonna happen, I'm up with Kevin and the fact that he's a low in RB one the rest of the way. If that yeah. continues, I agree. I agree. And with Mac going down, like Kevin also said, his floor is probably uh, running back too. So you plug him in your lineup every single week and definitely feel okay about it. Yeah, absolutely. And this week they get the Jags. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> or no, last week them. they got the Jags, right? Yeah. I have, I have last yeah. week's stats up. So yeah, hopefully they can, they can figure who do they have this week. Um, they have Minnesota who their defense isn't quite what it used to be. So, think he can do some damage there too so all right next guy on the excited side of the ball here uh david johnson kind of surprised everybody last thursday um scored scored once right or twice scored once uh 11 carries for 77 yards i mean super efficient a touchdown caught three for 32 they got behind really early um, they're playing catch up, but I mean, David Johnson's the guy that can catch balls out of the backfield. So you're not really worried about that there. Um, I mean, how excited are we getting for David Johnson or, or is this just kind of like, it's one game I'm going to wait and see, or are we kind of jumping back in on the David Johnson train? Dylan, what do you think? Uh, I'm kind of eating my words because I wasn't a big fan of David Johnson coming <laughs> in. A lot of us were. He looked uh, really good, actually, last Thursday. He looked like he had his burst back and everything. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited to have him back around. And like you said, the Texans' defense is bad, and 
he catches, uh, they're going to be playing a lot from behind. He's obviously a good pass catcher, so he should see a lot of volume. Duke Johnson's banged up now, so. Yep. So, yeah, I, uh, I like Johnson's outlook looking forward, moving forward. Yeah, I think the arrow is moving up on Kevin. Anything to add there for you or? No, I think just um, this is one of those situations where the box score doesn't look that good. But if you watch the game, David Johnson kind of looked like he had his old juice back. He was making jump yeah. cuts. He was making people miss. And yeah. he's one of my favorite buy low targets right now because I think this week they're playing the Ravens. He's going to have a similar game to what he did last week against the Chiefs where he's not going to get too many carries because, honestly, I think they're going to fall behind pretty quickly. And he's going to have another game that doesn't look too impressive in the box score. So maybe you can prime away from an owner. Yeah, I mean, hey, he still got eighteen point four fantasy points and a half PPR last week. So you'll yeah. you'll take that hundred like every day from him. So uh, another guy people are really getting soaked on and a big favorite of mine coming into the season was Chris Carson. Uh, I I loved him coming in. I thought he was super underrated. Interestingly enough, uh, not a whole lot of work in the run game. This was a, a huge passing effort by Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. Uh, Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, But as much as they were passing the pass the ball, Carson was the guy for them out of the backfield. He caught 645 and for, for two touchdowns, man. Now, weirdly enough, he actually had less rushing attempts than Carlos Hyde one less but uh i mean do we take anything from that dylan i mean or, or was it just they got ahead so early they just were like chris you, you go sit down <laughs> yeah they obviously carson had uh off-season hip surgery if i'm not mistaken yep. right so i think they just kind of wanted to, to ease him in a little bit but it was it was good to see him in uh involved in the passing game like you said yeah, big that, time. I was super stoked to see that. I was yeah. like, yeah. Because that's <laughs> I mean, not what really I've got Jacobs, Dalvin yeah. Cook, and Chris Carson. I smashed the person I played. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> <sorry>. unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, gotta love home leagues, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Kevin. We'll just move on here. I think this one's pretty pretty obvious. So obviously, Josh Jacobs. I brought him up. He's the other one that people are getting excited about. You know, we talked all off season how Gruden kept saying they're going to get him involved in the passing game. You know, sixty catches, right? And he caught six passes. <laughs> I mean, he's spot on. So if we can see that from him, right? And he ran twenty five times for ninety three yards, three scores. Oh, sorry, he caught four. Four for 46, though, and 46. Four for 46, sorry, off six targets. That's what I was saying, six targets. So, I mean, if that kind of thing can continue. Now, this was a bit of a shootout, but he still got 25 carries in a shootout. I mean, Kevin, like, I moved him. As soon as they got rid of uh, Bowden, I moved Jacobs up into, like, the, my mid-first round. I was like, I'm all in. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get three touchdowns every week, but... <laughs> I mean, what can we expect from him the rest of the year? Don't you know with this kind of team around him? I mean, he's the guy. He's definitely he's the focal point of the offense, like for sure now. And my one concern going into into the season was that it was kind of just smoke that they weren't really going to give him that passing work because they brought in yeah. Bowden, they brought in Theo Riddick, they brought in Devontae Booker, but John Gruden finally did us a solid, and they're throwing him the ball. He was second on the team in yards and targets behind only Darren Waller. Yeah, uh, of course, he's going to get, you know, 80 percent of the running at work. 
So, yeah. you know, if they can score touchdowns at this rate, which they probably won't because the Panthers defense sucks. But <laughs> I mean, he's going to be the main guy in that offense. So, yeah, like you said, he should be like a mid round RB. Uh, he's probably like RB six, RB eight, something like that. Now, like he's comfortably there for me with this pass catching work. Yeah, I think he. Uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the safer guys. It's just yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy. That yeah. was a concern for him last year. Although he played through that shoulder injury. So until the last couple of games. So hopefully that sticks through it. The last guy here on our excited side of the ball here is uh, Dallas Goddard. People were, you know, he was kind of a sleeper, sleeper tight end pick. Uh, and he went off in week one, man. Eight for 101 and one. And I mean, look, when you look at that receiving core and just how bad it is and Alshon's not getting healthy anytime soon. It looks like Deshaun's Deshaun. Like he's going to have like four good games. Uh, Rigor looked okay, but Wentz was missing him a lot. That offensive line is just awful. Um, it's un- it's not healthy at all. After that, it's just nobody. So and Sanders was hurt. So that, that obviously helped Goddard get open a bunch or, or, you know, get be the focal point here. But I mean, how excited are we? The fact that Goddard was better <laughs> way better than even Ertz. Uh, Dylan, what, what's your take on that? I think Goddard is a borderline uh, tight end one every week now because of what you said. Uh, there's not a lot of options in that <sighs> passing game. You know, and uh, Wentz likes to throw to the tight end, so he's just going to get funneled targets along with Zach Ertz. I don't think he's going to take over and not jump ahead of Ertz on the, tar- on the target list all season, but yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm excited for Goddard's upside. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how teams cover both of these guys. Um, you know, it's hard to put corners on 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 tight ends like this, and they've got two really good ones. So you know, if you got that really good linebacker that can cover a tight end or a safety, it, most teams don't have two. So it's it's it'll be interesting to see how they how teams defend this. Um, so all right, jumping over to the side. The worried side here, and uh, we'll start here with the guy who's playing tonight, and I'm not keeping track of his stats right this second, but Joe Mixon did not have a great first week. I mean, 19 carries for 69 yards. Only caught one pass for two yards is not something you really want to see. I know the Chargers got a good defense, but you were really hoping for more there. Um, Excuse me. Um. I, you know, Mixon had a huge end of the year last season, so I was kind of a believer again, although there was part of me that was like, eh, for somebody else, I might take him. <laughs> Just because I was worried. Like, he burned owners last year early in the first half. Like, you didn't, you couldn't make that up. Um, you were already dead in the water if you didn't, like, draft somebody late who could fill in for him. Um, but Kevin, I mean, what's your thought on on Mixon? And and I'm trying to look up his stats for this game so far. He's eight for 26, four receptions already for 40 yards. So he, yeah, he's back involved. I mean, are, are, how worried are you though with, with Mixon? I mean, and he's just going to be Joe Mixon or what? Yeah, I think on the worry scale, like one to ten, I'm probably like a four. Like I'm not too worried about it. Like I'm not too surprised that coming into this season with no preseason with a, you know, like a completely new quarterback, they're going to try to do a bunch of different things. He missed some time due to the contract dispute. He had migraines supposedly. So uh, I'm not too surprised to see him a little bit uninvolved in week one. And then week two also is a short week. So 
if it doesn't get better, he's a guy who you can buy low on if, you know, the owner's disappointed in him. Because I think he's going to have the bell cow role going forward. Like you said, he already has four receptions this game. Um, he's going to have that involvement in the passing game, and he's much better than Giovanni Bernard as a runner. <laughs> yeah, so. no kidding. That's not hard to do. Um, <clears throat> all right, so another guy who's playing in this game, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, last week, peppered with targets, 10, but, man, Mayfield was <laughs> bad. Missing him left and right, throwing it behind him, low. Uh, it was bad. I mean, he caught three of them for 22. Um, you love the targets, but the production was not there. Odell was obviously frustrated. This game obviously already coming out pretty hot, three for sixty-eight and a touchdown, off of three targets. So they're playing better. Granted, it's a little bit better of a matchup for them, not the not the Ravens. So that helps everybody. Uh, so worry meter there for uh, Odell and for you, Dylan. I was somewhere in the middle until they started playing tonight, and it's good to see now. It looks like him and Baker got some sort of uh, a connection back because there was obviously some sort of disconnect last week. Or it could have just been the matchup, and Odell has historically struggled against uh, Marlon Humphrey in the past, so might have just been the matchup. But So I, I'm still in on Odell for the season. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll jump in here to the next one here and, and uh, we'll go over to this Rams backfield. And, and the worry here uh, is somebody said was was Cam Akers. I don't really know what to think about this one. I, uh, I left it on here just because it's an interesting name. He got a lot of carries, wasn't as productive as Malcolm Brown. Obviously, Henderson wasn't really involved. Um, I mean, first pro game for a running back who, I mean, had his own issues in college. I don't really know. Like, I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's still going to eventually take over this backfield. I'm not, I mean, we've seen Malcolm Brown, right? It's he's Malcolm Brown. I don't know if we're going to get 18 for 79 and two touchdowns out of him every week. Uh, Cam Akers, I think is, is probably the more electric player. Um, but as we've said many times already on the show, without a preseason, without a real camp, it's hard to get some of these rookies involved. And we've seen it a lot with these, except for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie running backs didn't do a whole lot. It's it's tough for them. Um, you know, pass pro and everything doesn't work for them as well without this practice. So, Kevin, what's your thought here on, on Akers and, and this Rams backfield? Yeah, I think it's going to be, well, I mean, Henderson is dealing with an injury now, so I think it's going to be kind of a two-headed backfield between Brown and Akers. Um, watching the game, Brown definitely looked like the more comfortable back. He was actually kind of making moves and stuff. He was catching the ball well. Mm-hmm. Akers, to me, it looked like he was just grabbing the ball and heading straight for a hole and not really trying to do anything, not trying to make anybody miss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think until Akers gets a little bit more comfortable, I think Brown is someone who you can play as like a flex. Akers a little bit lower on that side. But um, I wouldn't be too surprised if Akers, because he's just so talented, is eventually going to get more comfortable and make that more of a 50-50 split. Yeah, I tend to agree there. Um, <clears throat> next guy here is DJ Shark. And yeah, he got in the end zone, but a lot of people pretty worried about the lack of targets for him. He saw three. Yeah, he caught all three, but only 25 yards. The the touchdown really salvaged his day. Um, 
I mean, targets just went all over the place. They actually didn't even pass the ball all that off that much, um, considering it was a 27-20 game, which is weird. Um, Dylan, thoughts on, on DJ Shark here? Yeah, it was just it was kind of a weird game. Like you said, they only threw it 20 times. And Shark is, to me, obviously the most talented player on that, that offense. So I, I, I'm not super worried. I'm still rolling out Chark in all my lineups this week. Uh, he should see more targets. They uh, <clears throat> Who do they have? Who does the Jaguars play this week? They got Tennessee, right? That sounds oh. right. Yeah, I think I think yep. I think that's right. Yep, Tennessee. Yeah, and I just they, I just closed their stuff. So the Jaguars should the Jaguars should be down in that game. So there should be there should be more pass attempts. You would have thought they would have been down against the Colts too, but uh, it didn't agree. happen. <laughs> They're pulling a late season Miami and shocking the world. No last doubt. year. No. Oh. <laughs> The front office was a tank, and uh, you can't tank when you have Minshew, man. You cannot tank. <laughs> he's just too good. That's magic. Yeah, uh, he's got all right, magic. next guy. Interesting, interestingly enough, here. Uh, uh, well, we, we, uh, sorry, I want to save this guy for last. So, Austin Eckler is the next guy that I want to talk about here. You know, I I started souring on Eckler as the season got closer. I was all in on him early. Um, I started hearing really good things from, you know, from the beat writers about uh, Kelly out of, out of camp. So I was like, yeah, maybe they, maybe they really are going to put Kelly in that, you know, that Mel Gordon role. And, and Eckler is going to, you know, not that Eckler can't just be Eckler, like even with Mel Gordon there, but like I was hoping for more. I think we got more. I really do. 19 carries. If you had told me he was going to get 19 carries and then add on the reception, he got 20 touches. It's like 320 touches for the entire season. If you told me Austin Eckler was going to get 20, uh, 320 touches before the season started, I would have put him as like RB5, dude. Like, no way. But he's not going to get that. We know that. That, that pace is not going to keep up. But 19 carries is promising. He didn't get the touchdown. Uh, but 84 yards rushing, not bad. You do want to see him more involved in the passing game. And that's, I think, the worry that people have. And that's where he makes his chunk yardage, where he scores a lot. Kevin, I mean, what, what's your thought on uh, with this? Like, new quarterback, everything. Like, uh, how worried are we that Tyrod is not targeting Eckler or any yeah, of these uh, running backs, really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm not. I'm worried. I'm super worried. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I got my words a little mixed up. I'm super worried about this. This was my... I wasn't really high on Eckler going into the season. Like, obviously, he's super talented. But Tyrod is not a guy who throws to his running backs a lot. Um, the thing with running quarterbacks is that instead of hitting the dump-off options, a lot of times they kind of just break off and scramble. Yeah. Or they try to make a play somewhere else, and they look downfield and try to throw it. And Eckler, while he was a decent running back last year, the majority of his work last year came as receiver. He had almost 1,000 yards receiving, eight touchdowns. So Like 80 catches crazy like yeah like 90 catches 110 targets something crazy like that so just thinking about i don't know how what percent you want to decrease that but if you take that production away just because taylor is not going to throw in the ball like rivers is then he's just inherently not as valuable and then you bring in the fact that josh kelly apparently looks like he is going to be a factor and eckler really scares me at this point obviously like he's still like an rb2 or something like that but if he 
is going to have those, you know, three target, four target, one target games that really limits his upside. Yeah, I agree there. Um, next guy. And, and I put him down here just because I think the backfield as a whole is interesting. And you brought it up earlier already, but I uh, carry on Johnson and the guy even said, he's like, look, I wasn't expecting him to like, you know, be a top 10 running back or even a top 20 running back, but I was expecting way more than I got. Uh, you know, seven seven rushes for 14 yards, not involved in the passing game at all. Adrian Peterson came in and stole this backfield, which I don't think anybody was really expecting. Not to this level, man. 14 carries for 93 yards. And then he even caught three passes for 21. Like, what? Uh, Swift was there. Three carries, eight yards. Got a touchdown. Um uh, dropped a game winning touchdown. Sorry, Dave Eddy. Uh, we talked about that on Sunday on the sun on uh, the last call pod. It's <laughs> heartbroken, that's man. Rough. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I saw that was like, Oh no, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> our, uh, our bears fan producer, Jeff said, it's beautiful. <laughs> he loves it. Uh, but carry on. I mean, I almost think he's droppable at this point. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think, Swift is just going to take over for him more as the season goes on. So is there any reason to hold on to him? Dylan, what do you think? No, I think go ahead and drop carry on. You know, yeah. Uh, he, like you said, seven carries for 14 yards yet. AP came. I think he had 14 rushes and he, and he killed it against that. Yeah, 93 defense. yards. Yeah. So, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Stopped, Yes, uh, DJ Moore is the next guy here, and I think it's more just the. It's just, I mean, he was just okay. I mean, nine targets, you like that? Call only caught four of them for fifty-four. Um, you know, I mean, you see Curtis Samuel caught five, Robbie Anderson caught six, took the big one, sixty-five yards, or whatever it was, for a touchdown. So obviously, that kind of pads the stats. Um, I mean, I think DJ Moore is obviously the more talented receiver there overall for that team, but you know, we got Teddy Bridgewater who's, who's okay. Um, but are, are, were we a little overhyped on DJ Moore coming into the season, Kevin? Yeah, I think, I mean, Moore is definitely going to have better days. Um, and I think he is still, like you said, the most talented guy out of that receiving core. But yeah, now my concern is. Yeah, maybe Teddy is the type of guy who doesn't just lock onto his wide receiver one, and maybe he likes to spread it out, and he's he's just gonna you know whoever's open gets the ball that kind of thing, and uh, we're not gonna get the blow up wide receiver one games that we kind of hope for with DJ Moore. So there's a little concern there, but he's definitely gonna have better games. I wouldn't jump ship yet. Yeah, I agree. And um, the guy I want to talk about to end it to kind of feed into our next topic here is Nick Chubb. Um, and last week, the whole the whole Cleveland offense wasn't fantastic. Um, I think the worry there for a lot of owners, uh, for a lot of people who have Chubb on their team, is the fact that in week one, not only did Chubb, you know, not score, um, got 10 carries, Hunt got 13 carries and four receptions. So... Hunt like out touched him completely on both sides. So that was a huge worry. Now, already in week two, 
we've seen Chubb get 12 and Hunt get one. So I think the worry is not (laughs) there anymore. I think everybody who said Chubb, and there was a lot of them. um, I Look, I honestly think, and this is going to be like, you just have to throw these games out where the teams are going to get boat raced by like KC and Baltimore and maybe even like New Orleans or Seattle. If they're just getting boat raced, just throw the results out. You can't learn anything from that. Yeah, because like, and and that's what I said on Sunday to Dave on the last call pod was that, you know, I kind of wonder if, look, Chubb's obviously not as talented as Hunt is in the passing game. So when they got down three scores within the first quarter or whatever it was, they obviously just left Hunt in there as much as possible because Hunt can run the ball, but he is the way better passer. So you've got that dual production, that dual like threat from him. Where with Chubb, it's like, oh, Chubb's in the backfield? Yeah, he's going to run up the middle. Like, <laughs> like that's what he's going to do. So it was one less person for the Ravens to to cover coming out of the backfield. And that's what, you know, that. so I think we're seeing it here. Obviously, the, the Browns are up 21-10 late in the second, and, and Chubb's getting all the work. Um, and so this is what we expected to happen. I think Hunt will now come in. And, and get his. I'm actually kind of surprised to see Hunt not get involved more at this point. Now he does have a score. Uh, I just saw him he just, he touchdown. just yep. scored. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. two for 15 and a touchdown. So he got this like little uh, dump off pass here in the end zone. So he's having a pretty good day himself. But um, I think we can all sort of agree that this this backfield is, is going to be sort of a headache most of the year. It's going to be game dependent. Um, Definitely, but it's going to be hard to sit any one of these guys, to be honest with you, like hunts. Yeah. Obviously that flex conversation, Chubbs, Chubbs, in my opinion, Chubb was always an RB two coming in. I know some people had him as an RB one. I never did just because hunts there and you had games like last week where you can't rely on that. So I had um, a, sorry, I'm sorry. I had a, uh, for the prop bets column I had, I took the under on Chubbs rushing yards because Kevin Stefanski comes from the Vikings where they pretty much divvy up. Even though he had Dalvin Cook, they divvied up the touches a lot between Madison and Mike Boone. And I think, you know, he has that mindset where he's not just going to go with an RB1. So I knew coming into the season that Chubb... Is, last year, Chubb accounted for like something like 89% of all of Cleveland's non-quarterback rushing yards, which is just insane. So that was going to go down for sure. And we're kind of seeing that with Hunt. What was the tweet that you saw? I forgot what it said. I forgot who it was from. It said something like, why are people drafting Kareem Hunt's, Hunt's handcuff? Oh, yeah. That was crazy. Why did people draft Kareem Hunt's handcuff in round two? Yeah, it, was I it, was, it was pretty funny. Uh, real quick, before we jump on to the next, the next segment that Kevin, you're going to lead here. Uh, uh, Ryan Cams hit us up on Twitter, on, on YouTube. Sorry. And he's asking a flex spot question here. Julian Edelman or Sammy Watkins? Oh man, this is gonna it's gonna <laughs> sound bad after what happened la- last week, but uh, give me Sammy Watkins, man. Like I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, give me Sammy Watkins. Oh. Like you know, Cam in that offense against Seattle, it's gonna be he's Edelman's gonna be fine, but Watkins, if you're if, if it's a flex play, just go for the upsides. Give me Watkins. I think he'll be okay. Like. I know, I know, San Diego or oh, not San Diego. Yeah, the, the Chargers, Chargers yeah, the Chargers have a pretty good secondary back there, but mm-hmm. there's gonna they're gonna have to spend a lot of energy focusing on Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, and we said that last year, but I think Watkins, yeah, I'm I'm in again. I'm in on the lizard man again. Oh, I've I mean I've already given my answer pretty much. Dylan, what'd you say? 
I guess, like Kevin said, it depends on what he's trying to chase there. If he needs somebody with a little safer floor, I would go Edelman. But if he's wanted to chase a little bit upside, I would probably go with Watkins then. Yeah, I, I, I already answered him, and he can listen to the show and hear you guys' response. I, I responded and said, uh, I can't trust Watkins to be consistent enough. Like, this guy just disappears. He had, I mean, yeah. did, did this exact same thing last year, week one, blew up, and everybody's like, oh man, Watkins is here. He's arrived. What? And then he was dead the entire rest of the year. Like it was, I can't, I can't do it. Ed, he's dead to me. Like I don't, even if he has one big game, I don't even look at him on the waiver wire. Um, so no, I'm, a, I'm a sucker, Joe. He paid 80% of the snaps, nine targets. Come on, come on, buy in with me. Come on. Nope. nope. <laughs> All right. What do we got next, Kevin? All right, so uh, let's kind of transition into some of the, the running back splits that we saw in week one. I mean, again, we didn't have a preseason, so it was kind of dicey how some of these, you know, these backfields were going to play out. We already talked about Cleveland's a little bit, so we don't have to get into that. But um, let's talk about the Rams. We touched on it a little bit earlier with, you know, the Acres talk. But uh, Dylan, what do you think about the Rams backfield going forward? Would you rather have Malcolm Brown or would you rather have, you know, kind of the upside of Cam Akers? Uh, right now, I think I want Malcolm Brown. He just looked better than Cam Akers last week. Akers, I think eventually, once he learns the offense a little more, he'll get a, get more involved in the passing game. I think he'll take over. But until then, I think it's Malcolm Brown's job for the most part. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Joe, I mean, we already kind of talked about this. Yeah. Anything bad? I, I mean... I'm more on the acre side. I, I want the upside. Like, I don't think I'm starting Brown over almost anybody I have on any of my teams. So, like, he's going to sit on my bench and, like, just sit there and eventually lose value. So, I'd rather, if I'm going to squat, if I'm going to squat on somebody, it's going to be acres. Like, I'm going to yep. sit him on my bench and see if he can figure this out. Yep. I mean, yeah, you just got to go with the upside, the second round draft pick, the pedigree. I mean, Malcolm Brown, I looked it up the other day. I had no idea he's been in the league for five years. Like, that's crazy mm. to me. Um, five years, like, oh, and you have I don't really- think I did either. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you've been in the league five years and you haven't done anything, like, it's pretty surprising you're even out of a, on a roster at this point. Right. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. This is one we actually haven't <laughs> talked about uh, yet. So the Buffalo Bills, they played the hapless Jets last week. And coming into the season, there was a lot of talk about Singletary being an RB2 early. And then camp started, and he kind of got dropped way down because people were saying that he <clears> wasn't <throat> going to handle the load at all. Uh, so this game, week one, Singletary played 59% of the snaps, had 14 touches. Zach Moss had 45% of the snaps, had 12 touches, but he got the touchdown. Uh, Dylan, who again, I asked the same question. Who are you a little higher on going forward? I'm thinking I'm leaning towards Zach Moss. I think he'll be the one who's more involved in the passing game, and I think that he's going to get most of the red zone work. I think he has a little, so that gives him a little more upside than Singletary, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, Zach Moss is the bigger back. You know, he's the more prototypical, yeah. you know, first and second down back. Joe, you got anything to add to that? So you said something, Dylan, interesting. You think he's more involved in the passing game. So I think it's actually the opposite. I think Singletary is going to be more involved in the passing game. So okay. in like PPR leagues, I would lean Singletary. I think in your like half and standard leagues, I'd, I'd lean Moss. Um, I don't know. This This game was weird. Like it's. 
I was really surprised that it was as even as it was with snap counts and stuff like that. And like touches, like it's totally split right down the middle. Um, but you know, PPR leagues, you've definitely got to lean Singletary just because he's going to get those extra catches. I mean, yeah, Maul's got the Maul's got the touchdown, but I mean, you flip a coin each week to see who's going to get it, right? You're good. Yeah. Good luck guessing that one. So this is one of those backfields where you said it earlier. I forget who it was. Like, oh, the the Ravens were really like, I don't, I don't want any of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Moss in a couple spots because he was late enough, and I was just like, yeah, "All right, fine, I, click. I let's see what happens." Well. But uh, it's one of those like you're going to be beating your head against the wall, like if you ever have to try to figure out which you know, it, you know, if to use this guy. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's it's one of those things where like if if one of them doesn't get hurt or something like that, they're both just going to kind of eat at each other's value the whole yep. the mm-hmm. whole way. Uh, you know, we talked about the Ravens enough, I think, you know, Dobbins, it's kind of, kind of the same thing as Buffalo, really, where both of them kind of yeah, just pretty much each other unstartable. So totally let's go into agree. some, some really horrible backfields and let's just kind of talk about them. At least <laughs> the New York Jets, yeah, like, <laughs> oh man, um, no, maybe on Bell's going to talk about the Jets. <laughs> no, I'm here to talk about the Jets. I need to hear, your Frank, I need to hear your Frank Gore take, uh, I don't have or you one. Could be, you could be like Jonathan, <laughs> pick up uh, Kalen Balaj. Oh, no. Damn, man. Just throw him on the bus. I'm here to call out Jonathan for everything that he does. Um, but yeah, if, if uh, Dylan, if you have anything to say about the Jets, are you picking up Frank Gore? What is he, wide res- uh, running back six for you this week? Or maybe <laughs> even higher? I can't, I can't. I need to drink Frank more than Jets. <laughs> but he, he, he just, ne- he never goes away. Yeah, man. It, 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 it's just crazy. But yeah, once again, I don't want anything to do with. Uh, the Jets running backs. Yeah, I, I said it on uh, the Fantasy Edge the other day. If I lose my fantasy league because I didn't pick up Frank Gore or Josh Adams <laughs> or Caleb Balazs, then so be it. Like, whatever. Yeah. I, I, whatever. Uh, yeah. so, I know you got nothing to say. <laughs> no, right. no uh, nothing. I'm done. Uh, what about another AFC backfield that, in my opinion, is, is this one was actually very surprising to me. So we had the, uh, the Dolphins coming into the season. We thought it was going to be Jordan Howard. We thought it might be Matt Breda. But it was uh, it was also it was Miles Gaskin who was the most impressive guy. He had 13 carries for 66 yards. Uh, are we taking anything from this, Dylan? Like, are we still trusting Jordan Howard? Are we is is Matt Breda useless? Is Miles Gaskin worth a pickup? Ah, uh, that one's so tough. That one was so weird to me. <laughs> I sprung this one on you. Yeah, nope. it, it yeah, was. So, we do it a couple so extra un- ones. It was so unexpected. You know, I, I didn't. Gaskin wasn't even on my radar. He just no. came out of nowhere, you know. But I honestly yeah, I, got confused with Kalen Balage, and when when it happened, I was like, "Wait, didn't they try to trade this guy to the Jets?" <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, "Oh no, no, my bad. That's Kalen Balage." Yeah, man, uh, it was definitely a wild one. But yeah. I I have I have Howard in a in a few different leagues because just for the the safe RB three RB four, but. And that's not looking good. And Brita might, like you said, might be droppable. Mm. I've had a lot of people ask me about is Brita droppable, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> like, why? Why are you holding him at this point? Like, yeah. I've got it because literally in a couple leagues, there's nobody to pick up. I'm like, I'm staring at him. And I'm like, uh, I want to drop him, but I don't know who to drop him for. Um, yeah, I mean, shocking snap count numbers, man. 69, yep. almost 63% for Gaskin. 23%, wow. 22% for Brita. Yet he got, like, no work. Like, he didn't touch the ball when he was in there. And then Howard, 14%. I think he went in and out with injuries, but um, 
I think yeah. because of the fact that he was sort of like, you know, he was, I guess there was like an ankle issue with him or something. Like at one point they thought he had the hamstring injury that got, it, it was supposed to be, somebody said it was him and it was really Parker, but I think he was having his own injury problems. Um, but I mean, like, I still think if you're going to own somebody in this backfield, if you really have to, it is still Jordan Howard. Um, I I will be interested to see if it changes at all if they activate Lynn Bowden. I mean, they did trade for the guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, but right? when they traded for him, they listed him as a receiver. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, because they lost Hearns and I think Jakeem Grant to COVID. They both opted out for COVID. So they were a little thin on receiver. Yeah, now that we'll Parker's see. got his hamstring yeah, issue. Yeah. See, so. yeah. Preston Williams. All right. All out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so speaking of injuries, let's jump into these here. So, uh little rapid fire injury here but we'll touch touch a little deeper on a few of them but we'll just kind of rip through these There's a lot <laughs> um obviously the big ones here marlon mack out for the year torn achilles unfortunate here michael thomas the other big one high ankle sprain we're here in a few weeks to he might push through it i'm gonna guess he's out two to three weeks is my guess at you know at best um running backs we've got philip Lindsay. Uh, turf toe issue. We've got conflicting reports where he's day to day or he's expected to miss the next few weeks. So just kind of keep an eye on that one. Uh, my guess is he would probably, he'll probably miss this week, which kind of boosts Mel Gordon a little bit. Um, they got a pretty tough matchup, I think. Um, Justin Jackson for the Chargers out with a quad, didn't practice. I had to practice Wednesday. I didn't update his for some reason. I updated almost everybody else's uh, Duke Johnson ankle. He is practicing. So that's, that's interesting. A lot of people were thinking like David Johnson's going to get a big boost because Duke Johnson's out completely, but um, you know, maybe, Dave, maybe Duke Johnson pushes through it. Um, James Connor is a big one here. Uh, ankle injury. He practiced Thursday. So uh, maybe he is going to be in there. There's, there's kind of some, muddled discussion where maybe Connor is going to be okay. Uh, otherwise, you know, if, if not Snell gets a gigantic boost, he was phenomenal. I, he looked better than Connor, even when Connor didn't have the ankle injury uh, this past week. So um, I think they're going to have to get both of these guys involved. In fact, it may be a, a running back situation. We discuss next week if both guys do play and play the whole game. So that'll be interesting. Um, Jumping into some receivers here. We've got Julio Jones dealing with a hamstring. He's limited in practice. Um, Jones is kind of 50-50, in my opinion, like when it comes to the injuries. And, you know, a lot of times he'll tough it out, but sometimes he he doesn't always. <laughs> so it's going to have to watch the news, see if he can get in a, a more legit practice here. Uh, John Brown, foot Foot injury, uh, did not practice Wednesday. I did look this one up, and I didn't update it on the chart for some reason. So, um, <clears throat> But keep an eye out on that one. Cortland Sutton's shoulder, limited in practice so far. So that's at least good news. I mean, he was apparently close to playing last week, just didn't get on the field. So maybe that's enough to get him on. We've got uh, Kenny Galladay dealing with a hamstring, uh, didn't practice, la- didn't play last week, and um, looking unlikely to play this week, too. Um, I want to ask you guys about this one, Kevin. Marvin Jones was a huge play, especially in DFS. Disappointed badly last week. I mean, what do you think about Marvin Jones if Galladay is out? Is he like it's still an automatic plug-in if you've got him sitting there? 
Yeah, I think you just got to roll him out there. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in Quintez Cephas, you know, fifth round pick who had ten <laughs> targets. Like, yeah, ten targets is cool, but Marvin Jones is a proven dude. Um, kind of just like the DJ Moore situation. Kind of just like, you know, uh, like those situations where like, oh, like OBJ. Like, if the targets are there, I assume the work will come. If you're talented enough, and Marvin Jones, I think is talented enough. Yeah, hopefully they can have a little more success when they play Green Bay, who, you know, despite Green Bay winning, they still got pretty lit up in the in the secondary yeah, there. Had so. a good game, so, yeah. Do, yeah you guys, so. do you guys think with if Galladay doesn't play, I mean, it already kind of opened up the door for more targets for Hawkinson. It looked yep. like this yeah. Hawkinson become pretty much the red zone threat for the Lions. Yeah, I think Hawkinson, if, if he – He'll just see more work than he normally does, and he'll yeah. benefit the most from Galladay being out, probably. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a huge proponent of, of Hawkinson right now. If if you can get him in your lineups, um, jump it over here. I'll, I'll take the next couple, and then Kevin take over here. So, Devontae Parker hamstring. He's limited in practice. He's looking on the wrong side of uh, questionable, in my opinion. So, um, this is another guy I wanted to ask about, and Dylan, you can take this one. What do we think about Preston Williams? Uh, if, if Devontae Parker is out, I mean, it's, does he get a boost or like, I want to say they're playing New England. So like, how much do we, no, they're not playing New England. What are they, playing? they got the bills, right? Yeah, they got the bills. So like, that's a tough matchup there. If Preston Williams has to face that number one corner. Yeah. I mean, Jadavius White. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm pretty high on Preston Williams. I'm a I'm a big fan of his. I think he's really talented, but it's going to be tough to play him this week, like you just said, with uh, the matchup of Tre'Davious White. That's it, tough. I think uh, Gesicki Gesicki's a good play out of there. You know, since if uh, anybody, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if Williams is going to struggle, so yeah. Um... Last guy here for me is Nikhil Harry, shoulder, limited in practice so far. So, I mean, they got a Seattle team who the defense is really coming around. So, I don't know if I was really high on him this week anyway, but just something to just uh, more injury news to talk about. Uh, Kevin, take it away, man. Yeah, Harry is actually someone I'm not, I feel like I'm not hearing enough about the fact that he had a 32% target share. Like, that's, uh, it's not nothing. Um, I, I took a couple of chances with him in, in leagues where I could get him late just because, hey, you know, he was touted huge coming out of college yeah. and like, everybody loved him. And then he had battled injuries and inconsistency last year. And I thought, hey, you know what? If he comes into the year healthy, why not? I'll take a chance. And I didn't drop him anywhere, you know, even yeah. though he didn't do great. But um, yeah, I am uh, a little worried about that New England offense. Like Cam really does just eat so much yeah, work from steps. people. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to continue. I think the coaches are going to tell him, like, you need to stop that. Like, you're going to get hurt again. Um, at, least I, at least I would. I mean, that's yeah. what he's. That's what he does to himself. He goes out there and just, just, just tries to be a tank, and he just no, gets but himself you, hurt. You got to think about the Kelvin Benjamin corollary. This is something that Jonathan came up with. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin had success with Cam Newton, and Nikhil Harry is better than Kelvin Benjamin, but similar. Therefore, Nikhil Harry is going to have success. It's, it's cut and dry. There's no way it's going to fail. Um, moving on to another Patriots receiver, uh, Edelman also dealing with a knee injury. Uh, doesn't seem too serious. I mean, Edelman is always banged up, but, um, this just goes back, adds more fuel to my fire. Start Sammy Watkins over Edelman. Don't listen to Joe. Um, (laughs) Golden Tate is the next guy on the injury report. He has a hamstring injury. He was limited in practice. He didn't play last week, which kind of led Darius Slayton to break out. 
Uh, that's a guy who I'm interested in asking you guys about because the, while the Giants' offense didn't really have a good game, Slayton went off. Ingram yeah. didn't do anything. Shepard didn't really do anything. Obviously, Saquon Barkley didn't do anything. Um, Dylan, are you worried about – I mean, I don't think Tate coming back fixes anything, but is it just like they had a bad matchup with the Steelers, or, or are we worried about the Giants' offense at all? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. Um probably lean towards a little bit more with Pittsburgh's their, their defense, you know, is a, a top five defense, but unfortunately the giants don't walk into a really any better of a matchup this week against a pretty decent bears defense, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Daniel yes. Jones, at least, I mean, he, he looked good. He was under siege all game. So. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that Steelers D yeah. line and linebacker core. Oh, they God. are for real, dude. Every yeah, time I looked up, TJ Watt was in the back, or TJ Watt was in the back. Somebody, level. like oh anybody, my. man. It was just like, God. Their yeah. defense so. is just flying all over the place. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of the Steelers, we've got Deontay Johnson. Uh, he had a toe injury. He's practiced. Juju Smith Schuster, he had a knee injury. He practiced. So, I assume those two are going to be good to go. Uh, moving on to the Bucks, which is kind of dicey. Mike Evans. He was, you know, supposedly he was almost going to miss last week, but apparently, you know, he got over the hump and he made it in and did absolutely nothing except catch like a short touchdown. Um, this week, supposedly he's going to be healthy. Chris Godwin is the one who's uh, is a little up in the air. So he's in concussion protocol right now. He missed practice two weeks, two days in a row. Concussion protocol is a little bit tricky. Um, and it didn't start till Wednesday. Right. Yeah, so, like, I think he's part. gone, dude. There's I'm no expecting him to miss this week for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully he doesn't miss more weeks. But, you know, we've seen. Happy Miller time. <laughs> we've seen people miss like five weeks with, you know, concussions. We've seen people miss only two weeks. So it's super hard to deal with that. So, uh, yeah, Joe, you kind of got into it. Are you really picking up Scotty Miller? I mean, look, on some of my teams, I'm dealing with AJ Brown. Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker. Absolutely, I grabbed Scotty Miller. <laughs> like, I have to. Like, I got to take a chance with somebody. I mean, look, if you've got some of these guys, you know, yeah. in the top 20, no, you don't care about Scotty Miller for a week, maybe two. Yeah. But, yeah, Scotty Miller is a great plug-in if you're in desperation mode like me. And I think he's 100%, like, going to be in my in my lineups for, for DFS this week. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Scotty Miller, he fits that Tom Brady – Mold. Yeah, this, uh, yeah. He like, he's what Tom Brady likes to see in his receivers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? <laughs> he's gritty. He works uh, hard. Uh, he knows the playbook. Uh, okay. He's first in, last out. You know, okay. all that stuff. Uh, last one for the receivers. You mentioned it. AJ Brown. He's got a bone bruise. Uh, looks like he's going to miss week two and he's going to be reevaluated after that. Uh, came out today. Like, oh, is Corey dag- Davis this year's Devontae Parker? No. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. All right, moving on. <laughs> no way. Hey, Corey Davis, man. Um, he could be this year's Sammy Watkins where he had a good, big, a good week old. one and then die again. Uh, well, you're the one counting on Tannehill, so it'd be bad for you. Well, um, I count on Tannehill with A.J. Brown there, so I may be swapping back. <laughs> yeah, you might have to. Uh, especially Baker. Baker's leading a good offense right now. Because uh, like tonight. <laughs> uh, I overreacted. I panicked. <laughs> yeah, you did. You got to you got to take your own advice, man. Oh, uh, moving on to the tight ends. Yeah, these are some back end tight ends. So uh, we'll start with the the bigger news one. George Kittle with the knee injury that he suffered because Jimmy Garoppolo threw him an absolute duck of a ball. 
uh, put him in a horrible position. He didn't practice, but expects to play. Is there any concern about him? Uh, he didn't run. He only caught five or seven targets in week one. Are we worried about him as like a top three tight end, Dylan? Uh, I think he'll still float around top three tight end potential just because the Niners don't have any other yeah. passing uh, weapons, you know. Yeah, but I, I'm happy that that injury wasn't more serious because it looked absolutely nasty when it happened. So yeah, I'm I'm glad he avoided something serious there. Yeah, Joe, you got anything to add? Um, no, <laughs> I mean I think yeah, that covers maybe, it. Maybe this week, you know, if he doesn't play, you're you're just kind of gonna go desperation mode. Maybe pick up Jordan Reed. But yeah. good luck. Oh, <laughs> he, he does have the Jets this week, so soft matchup. Yeah. Uh, the other two tight end injuries, Jack Doyle, uh, surprise, surprise, hurt again. Didn't practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. Uh, so, man. Yeah. I mean, Mo Alley Cox is the backup there. I don't know how much you're going to trust him, especially if Philip Rivers is going to throw 20 times a game to his running backs. Um, Gerald Everett, the other dude uh, for the Rams, he had a back injury. He practiced today, so he'll probably be fine. I don't really... Uh, not really too concerned about him. Um, although, you know, the, the Tyler Higby experiment didn't really work out week one. Yeah, he saw a lot more work. Uh, that's that's something interesting. But if, if, if Everett uh, does get knocked out, then obviously Higby is <laughs> right back in the conversation. Yeah, I think. So, so we yeah. saw what happened before. So, all right, let's jump into our week two picks here. Let's finish things off. So, uh Dylan, what we do here is we go through and give a sleeper quarterback, running back, receiver, and then a bust quarterback, running back, receiver. Uh, I gave you the um, criteria beforehand. Uh, so we will let you lead the way here and give us your quarterback sleeper. Um, Kirk, if you're desperate, go ahead and roll out Kirk Cousins. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins. But... <laughs> Uh, but he plays the Colts this week, and we saw what Gardner was able to do against that that uh, that Colts secondary. You know, only incomplete and throwing one incompletion. You know, and the Colts do a very good job of stopping the run, so that might slow Dalvin Cook down a little bit. So um, Cousins may have to throw a little more. So if you're desperate, I'd throw Kirk Cousins in my lineups. All right, Kevin, what you got? Uh, Philip Rivers, um, Minnesota secondary is, is absolutely awful. Um, they're dealing with a lot of changes. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, not necessarily the best player ever, but he's gone from that secondary. Uh, we just saw Aaron Rodgers light him up rivers. He had a worse game than people really think. I mean, he threw the two bad interceptions, but you know, that's what you get with rivers, but he still threw 45 passes, completed 36 of them for 336 yards or 363 yards. Um, Looks like he's going to throw the ball a ton in this offense. So uh, I'm willing to throw him out there against a, a weak Viking secondary. Yeah, I'm going to with that. So I liked mine. I picked it yesterday until today. Uh, it was Ryan Tannehill <laughs> playing the Jags. Maybe he can still figure it out without A.J. Brown, but uh, I don't like it as much as I, I did when I when I wrote this down yesterday. So. Uh, I, I, Phil Rivers was my second option. So maybe I'll just hop on your bandwagon there, Kevin, uh, as usual. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do a running back here. Dylan, you lead the way. Who's your sleeper? Uh, Latavius Murray with, uh, Michael Thomas out this week. 
I think Kamara is going to be more involved in the passing game, and that just opens up more carries for Latavius Murray. That's that. that's interesting. Yeah, Kamara, they can split him out wide. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he could definitely run some routes. Uh, my running back is someone you touched on earlier, Benny Snell. I, I think he's flat out better than James Conner. Like, every time I watch them play, but Snell looks better. Um, Connor's dealing with an injury, and I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just ease him back into it and give Snell the majority of the workload. Uh, the Steelers are seven and a half point favorites against Denver this week, so that should be a lot of running opportunities, uh, especially considering Denver is coming off a short week because of Monday Night Football. Yeah, I like that one. I uh, I was looking at that one too. I went a little bolder here. I went with DeAndre Swift. Um, he he. Good matchup. Uh, I mean, and despite the drop at the end of the game, there, I think he's going to start getting more and more. We already talked about this. I think he's going to start getting more and more involved. Uh, I mean, AP's there, and you know, he's he was the the city vet. They could kind of lean on him, and he was just on fire last game. But we've seen that happen from him before. He first game of the year, he's just like a man on a mission, and then it just starts just going downhill, and everybody else just passes him. So, um. I don't know if Swift's going to pass in this game, but but I think Swift could could kind of get into that flex area of of play if you know if if things fall right for him. So I, I like him a little bit this week. Um, receiver, what you got, Dylan? Uh, I got Sterling Shepard. We kind of already touched on it a little bit. Uh, Golden Tate's banged up, and if he doesn't play, Shepard's going to line up in the slot and. Uh, we talked about it. it's a tough matchup against the Bears defense, but if Shepard's in the slot, he's got the best matchup on the field against uh, Buster Screen's going to be covering him, and he's not very good. So uh, uh, that's a matchup to attack if Golden Tate's out. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Buster Screen always attackable. Uh, my sleeper for wide receiver is going to be Anthony Miller. Um, only played 42% of the snaps in week one. He still caught four or six targets or 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, going back to week one, every single Steelers receiver was productive against that Giants secondary. Juju, Deontay, Chase Claypool, and had some nice catches. James Washington even caught a touchdown. So um, I'm going with Anthony Miller this week. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Are you worried at all uh, about the like the, the target share and the snap counts for, for him? Uh, it was I think pretty low for him. Like, I think it I, was, like, but to me, like if it's low and he's forty one percent, forty two percent. Yeah, to me, if it's low and he produces, it just means like theoretically that offense is or the coach is going to look at it and be like, oh wow, he's actually good at football. Let's get yeah, him a little higher. I was higher pretty up. shocked to see the Ginn and Wims were like right there with him. Yeah. With, and Mooney, like what the hell, like what? Yeah. Um, vastly outproduced them. On of course he did because he's way analytics. better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Maybe I shouldn't be counting on, you know, a, a coach to do the right thing, but especially yeah, I, in I, Chicago. I, Sorry, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> I'll sleep on Darnell Moody. Okay. What number hey. is there, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> All right, I'll give mine here. It is Paris Campbell. Dude, I was high on him coming into the year. I, I, you know, I think he was just hurt last year. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get involved. You know, the quarterback situation wasn't good at Indy. Um, but obviously, we saw week one right away. Phil Rivers just targeted him and targeted him a lot, and I, I think it's going to continue. I, 
I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he finishes above T.Y. Hilton this year. Um, he, he just he plays that perfect role for Rivers to get him the ball often and in good spots for him to perform. And he's a talented receiver, so uh, I'm really buying into Paris Campbell right now. So, all right, over to the bus side, quarterback bust. Who you got, Dylan? I got Tyler Berry. They uh they got the Washington football team this week, and after watching them play the Eagles, um, it kind of scared the shit out of me. Washington's front seven's real solid, nasty. man. Yeah, nasty. Nasty. And obviously Arizona's offensive line's not good, so Kyler might have uh might have a tough day back there. Yeah, I, I thought about that one. I uh, I just wonder if. The fact that they were starting like basically a backup offensive line is going to matter yeah. that much more. And the fact that Kyler will run. Mm-hmm. Wentz runs a little bit, but nothing like Kyler does. So Kyler will just get himself out of trouble. But that the front seven may not matter. for like They may just be that good this year yeah. for Washington. Um, time will tell. So, Kevin, what you got? Uh, I've got Deshaun Watson going against the Ravens. Um, I think we saw last week, like the Ravens, their cornerback depth is just insane. Um, you've got Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Tavon Young, Jimmy Smith. Like any wide receiver concentrated passing attack is going to have a real problem with the Ravens. And I don't even think the Texans have that good of a wide receiver attack. And I think Watson is going to struggle kind of like he did last year or last week. He might add some stuff on the ground, but it's hard to count on him for that. He's not. They don't run like designated run plays for him. Like he just gets his stuff off scrambles. Yeah. So Watson's someone I'm kind of worried about this week. Yeah, I don't blame you. I just garbage time might save his season. Maybe. Um, I'm going with Mr. Unlimited himself, Russell Wilson. I, look, I know he's awesome and he's one of the most reliable guys out there. But going against that Pat's D, man, that's that's a scary defense to face. Uh, they're they're top notch all across the board. They make everybody look bad. It feels like so. <laughs> Um, I don't think he's going to be like unstartable, but he's not going to, I think he's being ranked as like running, you know, QB six right now. He might be like near the back end of the 12 range. So, uh, real quick before we move on to running backs, we do have another question here via YouTube. Uh, K Ellis talks. Would you guys, would you guys trade Diggs and Singletary for AJ Brown or would you Guys, trade Diggs and Hunt for McLaurin or Shark. Hmm. I'm not doing the first one I, because I don't know about this yeah. AJ Brown injury, so I, I think that one's off the table for me. I'm not doing the second one either. I don't think Diggs is much worse than McLaurin. Like, come on, it's the Washington offense. I'm not really buying yeah. into that. Shark. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's that much better than Diggs. That that makes it worth it. Hunt is actually like a valuable piece. Yeah, I agree, Dylan. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm with you guys on that one. So. All right, so continue on here, man. Give us your running back sleeper. Uh, the running back bust, you mean? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to try to tie the talks <laughs> together. Joe. It doesn't work. Man. <laughs> uh, this one was a little tough for me, but I went with Delvin Cook. It, it's Ooh. kind of a yeah, it's a tough matchup against the Colts. I think uh, game script. I think uh, the Vikings might end up having to throw the ball a little more, which he could get work in the the passing game. But I just don't like it. Obviously, you're starting Delvin Cook no matter what. But I think there's some bust potential there this week. 
All right. Yeah. What you got, Kevin? I'm, I'm trying to see someone uh, for our roundtable this week. Someone told me that they expect uh, Madison to have like a crazy game or something. So, anyways, um, I'll, I'll get back to that if I can find it. Uh, so my bust for this week is Raheem Mostert. Uh, he saved his day last week with a 76-yard touchdown catch, but otherwise he had 15 carries for 56 yards. Uh, he only had 19 of the 30 RB touches, and that was Tevin Coleman was kind of limited because of the air quality. I think he has like sickle cell or something like that, so he yeah. wasn't going to play much. Yeah, and meanwhile, on the other side, the Jets defense held Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to a combined 41 yards on 18 carries. So I think their defense, their, if anything, their run defense is still pretty, pretty okay. So Mostert is someone I'm probably staying away. Mostert and Coleman and Jerick McKinnon, they're all probably someone I'm staying away from this week. All right. I'm going Mel Gordon here, and it's more just the matchup. I mean, the Steelers, we've already said it, the Steelers were just making life miserable for the, mm-hmm. the Giants' offensive line. Barkley, every time I looked up, Barkley was getting tackled in the backfield, and there was nothing he could do about it. It was like, it wasn't off, his fault. wham. I mean, like, yeah. nothing he could do about it. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, I was surprised somebody didn't say they were worried about Barkley after this week, but <laughs> I think everyone understood. His fault, everyone watched so. and we're like, okay, yeah, he's gonna be good, you know. But yeah, I'm just going with Mel Gordon and, and if Phil Lindsay starts, he'd right up there with him. So, um, all right, last one here, receiver bust, Dylan, go. Terry McLaurin, he's gonna get uh, the Patrick Peterson shadow this week. Mm. So uh, I think. Last week, uh, San Francisco only threw in Peterson's direction. I think I believe three times, or something like that. So he's a shutdown corner. That's just something I'm staying away from this week. Fair enough. Yep, makes a ton of sense. Uh, my wide receiver bust is going to be DK Metcalf. Uh, similar situation as Stephon Gilmore. I don't really have to say much more than I do. I yeah yeah that's right. <laughs> That's why I picked Russell. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going maybe a little crazy here, but I'm going Tyreek Hill. Uh, maybe, maybe this plays right into the Sammy Watkins. Say, game. <laughs> but hey, they got, they got two corners, dude, that can both get it done. Casey Hayward and Chris Harris. Um, one of them is going to shut down Hill. The other one's going to shut down maybe Kelsey slash Watkins, it we'll see what happens. It's just, I mean, Hill's just so boomer bust, man. Um, I know he's better than some of these boomer bust type receivers, um, thanks to Pat McCall, Pat Mahomes, but I, I just this matchup scares me with him. So, all right, uh, right in your wheelhouse, Dylan, we're gonna bounce over here to tight end streamers. And if you guys don't know, he writes the tight end streamer article for the for the site every week. Uh, I believe that went up today, right? Yep. So uh, what we do here is we're doing 40% or less owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, so who are you starting here with? This one's kind of gross, guys, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll Aren't with they Jimmy, all? Jimmy Graham. Hey, whatever, man. He the, scored. The signing was – we all, obviously everyone gave this – the signing this offseason gave it a bunch of shit, but they obviously have a plan for him, and they're going to – they're obviously targeting him targeting him in the red zone a lot. So, and when you're looking for a tight end streamer, all you're looking for is someone to, to get in the end zone, you know, <laughs> just looking for someone with a pulse. Yeah, yeah. for real. All right. Who's uh, your tight end yeah, streamer? Boy, mine is OJ Howard. Like this is disgusting. I feel horrible about it, <laughs> but caught six to eight targets for 35 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, Gronk kind of didn't really look like himself. He was being used more as an inline blocker, which he's still fantastic at. But uh, OJ Howard saw a lot of the field, and I think he could get a little bit more usage with Godwin out. Um, he kind of has a soft matchup with the Panthers, so I think OJ Howard is someone I'm willing to roll out this week. Yeah, I was looking at him too. Uh, mine, though, I, I went pretty interesting. Logan Thomas gets that Arizona D who can just get thrashed by the tight end year after year, it feels like. Um, he led the team in targets last week with eight. I mean, how crazy was that? Did not see that comment. I mean, he could be this year's like Darren Waller, right? An all bad team that's going to get peppered with targets and he'll just be good because of it. Um, so who knows? Maybe uh, Mr. My good old hokey over here, Logan Thomas, will get it done. So, all right, defense. Let's end it here. Defense streamer. What do you got, Dylan? Uh, I kind of already touched on it earlier, and uh, I'm going to go with the Washington football team's defense against Arizona. I think they, they could cause a couple couple turnovers. Kyler may fumble, you know, maybe throw an interception, but uh, I like them this week. Yeah, I mean, that defense, I, I saw somebody they had like five first-round picks on their defensive line. I don't even yeah. know how that's possible. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think there's seven first-rounders on that defense somewhere. It's, it's so crazy. That's nasty. Um, and, yeah, Chase Young is a real deal. Like, he came, oh, like I can't definitely. believe it. He just came in, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Pro Bowl D-end. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, he's a Pro Bowl D-end. I'm like, what the hell? Stud. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, my defense is going to be the Tampa Bay defense against the Carolina Panthers. Um, they didn't really have a, a good fantasy day at all versus the Saints, but they held them to a very inefficient day. They only had 271 total yards and 3.3 yards per carry. Um, I know the Panthers scored 30 points, but that was against the Raiders, who we disrespect all the time. So <laughs> I'm willing to roll out Tampa. I think their defense is actually pretty underrated. They've got players all over the place. Uh, I think they get it done against Carolina. Uh, I had trouble picking one and I actually didn't pick one. I realized as I look at my notes, I wrote down the obvious one for the week was the Rams, but they went over the, they went over 60%. Everybody picked them up playing Philly and that offensive line. If it doesn't get healthy, it's just going to get abused all, all year. Um, so I I think the Rams could do some damage if they are still available. I think go get them. (laughs) So 1%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 61%. So, you know, they're still out there in a lot of leagues. But uh, if I'm going by the rules here, you know what? I'll say Green Bay against Detroit. No Galladay. Uh, I mean, they did pretty well against Minnesota until Minnesota decided to just step back and just chuck it down the field like 40 times. It was weird. Like, that game just got, like, so strange in the second half. I wasn't expecting that to happen. So, when you have um, her cousins, you just got to throw it yeah i mean 24 points in the fourth quarter they had they held him to 10 through the through three three quarters so um you know detroit's offense isn't anything to write home about i'm not i'm not super worried there but it's that's a that's a really reach pick (laughs) i'm not liking it so um all right that is it man dylan i want to thank you for coming on um it was a great show um and Make sure uh, we tell everybody where they can find you on on uh, Twitter and everything else before you go. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at dclemens2222. 
And uh, Joe already touched on it. I uh, write the tight end streaming article every week for the website Fantasy Six Pack. So, and I also host the Wolfpack Fantasy Football Podcast, and that drops uh, in your feed every Saturday morning. And we pretty much yep. just go through the games of the week and game previews. So, yep, sounds good, man. Uh, so. Uh, that's all we've got. Kevin, you got anything to add before we close it out? Uh, quick plug for my podcast, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, come on, man. We, we do talk about you it gotta, a lot. No, you got to let, let me. Come on. Let me let me let me let me let me plug uh, <laughs> the Fantasy Edge. Me, Richard Seville, Jonathan Chan. I think we come out every Tuesday morning. We kind of yes. just react to the weekend's games. Give you a little bit of waiver wire stuff. Um, a little bit of jokes. But, you know, it's a good time. Uh, you can find us all, on all the same platforms, Patreon, YouTube, or not Patreon. Although, no. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, what? Anchor, guys, Spotify, <laughs> Anchor Spotify, YouTube, whatever, all that stuff. Wherever you can find uh, Joe and, and Dylan, you can probably find us. Um, yep. Joe, thanks Absolutely. for having me. If you ever need me again, because AJ is a flake, I got you. Ah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them. I think every time I come on here and I co-host, I just throw a little parting shot at AJ on my way out. It's fine. He, he deserves it. He no, doesn't listen at this point. It's he two doesn't. minutes left. He's not listening. It's fine. So, all right. That's all we got. Good luck in week two, everybody. Hit us up on Twitter and uh, talk to you later. Can, can I stop? <laughs>